Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzneider and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week on the show, we're talking about the Quarter Snacks Reader Survey, but instead of full lengths, we're getting into the best video parts of the last decade. We're also talking early SOTI odds in our second topic. Last week, we talked about full-length videos in regards to Quarter Snacks Reader Survey. Today, we're getting into the best video parts of the past decade. Mike, what video parts came to mind first? So I've got my list jotted right down, and I'll just go right into it. Dylan Reader and Cherry, that part shared with Alex Olson. Um, I really like Return to that Boosinitz kind of real section in the Cinematographer Project, that Transworld video. Yeah, the Dan Wolf section. Dan Wolf section, yeah, thank you. I watch that a lot. And then uh, I'm going to maybe maybe expand the realm of what we're talking about, but I really liked uh, Bobby and Halty in that Looks Okay to Me video part that was like shared part, 11 minutes long, a bunch of songs, but I'm saying that's a video part. And I'm saying Nick Bosario and Emil in the opening section of We Blew It at some point, because that's like the funnest video part I can think of, and another shared part for whatever that's worth. I think I just really went with parts that I kept watching over and over. And so when uh, Pretty Sweet came out, I know a lot of people like Mark Johnson's part, but I actually like Corey Kennedy's part the most out of that video. So I'm not sure if there's any real through lines in any of, in, in my chosen parts, but those are the ones that stand out. I feel like I, I got a good mix, a good uh, time spread. What parts of the decade jumped out to you guys? Yeah, well, yeah, I thought about this for a long time, and I tried to come up with like a range from the whole decade and not be a hashtag prisoner of the moment. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got that that Tiago part from a couple years ago when like he should have gotten Sodi press play. That part is nuts. He he does oh, like, yeah. like uh, switch of it nose grind. Thank you three sixty about shit like that. Um, I too had Dylan Alex's section in Cherry. That part was just like a vibe, you know what I mean? Totally. Had like that energy. And then I don't even know if this is a part, but the Hell Ass video Ninja Torture. It was more like a 15 minute promo. I don't know if that really constitutes a part. Actually, it probably doesn't. I'll save that for later. But anyway, I tried to pick a Bobby Wars part, and I did like some rudimentary research, and he had about like nine or ten parts. In the 2010s, the Crooked 3D video, LSD, Let's Skate Dude. What is LOTM? Oh, Looks Okay to Me, the Hometown Turf Killer video, that like El Pulaski video. That last Transworld video, Riddles and Mathematics, where the filming was all weird. He had a part in that. The Welcome Adventure part, that Facades part from like a couple months ago, and that some Crooked part that was filmed all in LA, like called Luxury and Loudness or something, so... This guy had about eight to ten parts, which is crazy. But the hometown turf killer part for me was the sickest because it was just all Pulaski. Like, I don't know, how, I don't know how people do tech tricks on those almost like completely rounded off ledges. I guess if you skate there every day, you get used to it. But it's crazy how like he and that guy Kevin Augustine, I guess, do like the techest shit on like the most rounded off part of the main ledge, which is crazy. And then I got uh, TJ and Blessed. I thought that part was crazy. It just had, like, you know, the crazy, almost like Mike Carroll in questionable type energy. And then I had uh, Anthony Van Engelen in Propeller. That was just 
mad inspirational because he's like about my age and he was switched backside nose blunt sliding picnic tables and shit. So yeah, just trying to get a good survey of the decade. Those are the parts that I watch the most. Oh, also uh, Wade Desarmo in Parental Advisory. Like that guy doesn't Ooh. really have that much output, but that's part of his mystique, kind of. You know what I mean? So I thought that part was the best shit he put out. The new shit with Predator is super good too, but that part's fucking sick. The Parental Advisory part. All right, Templeton. Mine is kind of all over the place. I started looking through the gifts, and it just there's just too damn many of them. But it kind of sparked memories of like, oh yeah, that guy had a sick part or whatever. And one of the ones that I I keep going back to and still stands up is Nick Basario's life splicing part. It's from 2011, and it was kind of the world's introduction to Nick Basario, and he was fucking crushing it then and uh he's still crushing it and yeah i'd kind of forgotten about his stuff in the polar video but yeah that part is super feel good and great and then i put austin gillette's quick part which is kind of a conceptual film and not really like a video part but that's a nice ride and that's from 2012 uh i put the dylan gravis part on um just for its iconicness even though you guys are right the cherry part is probably better and then i just kind of got lost uh and couldn't think of anything uh and i i guess i just like uh like montages better another one that i keep going back to is the alien workshop section and cinematographer project it's like the last great alien workshop thing before it all went to shit yeah that part fucking smokes like i watch it from time to time too like it's the way the music builds up and shit yeah it's amazing it holds up it's like all fucking good dudes jake johnson gilbert crockett lots of other people dylan was dylan in it or no i don't i don't remember so yeah i think he had some tricks in there i think one thing like worth pointing out about that alien part in cinematographer is that like what that was 2010 2011 but it definitely kind of what we were talking about with cherry and other videos like it holds up because it was pointing the direction of where skating was going to go for the entire decade it seems like or at least that's my recollection i actually there's something kind of discordant about it, that part for me so i don't watch it too often i can't deny the skating but as an edit it's a little like creepy or something to me but yeah i i think i guess the point i'm making is it, it does like hold up because it's indicative of what skating was gonna be and like you said, it had a bunch of good dudes in it, so it's no surprise that they were already there. Yeah, exactly. So did we really go after like the big time? I don't think anybody's really, besides the Dylan Gravis part, which wasn't like an overly hyped section, doesn't seem... And I, and I know, Templeton, you mentioned Verso. Or did you mention Verso? I have it on my list, but after yeah. hearing you guys talk, I was like, I don't know, Like it hasn't really had time to, to be... Uh, something to me but right. i think that it, you know quarter snacks criteria is like this is something you're going to bury under your house for future skaters to find and i'd love it if verso was a touchstone for skateboarding in the future so i'll, I'll put it in my time capsule yeah i mean i didn't even put transcontinental which oh, yeah. was super fucking sick i didn't even think of that just because we talked so much about you know sushi a couple episodes ago but yeah that part and verso like are pretty pretty worthy i think the funny thing is like and i think temple to put this in the notes people like Ishad and uh even shane o'neill didn't really have like signature parts or whatever that like made an impact i think like everyone knows they're the best 
they're killing it all the time. They just had like stuff here and there, but uh, that's probably how shit is now. Like you don't even have to have like a big signature part as long as you get clips and get Instagram or whatever and shit. I don't know. It's, yeah, I feel like with Instagram that these guys are just overshadowing themselves because they just keep putting out crazy shit. Especially Shane O'Neill, even if it's just park footage, it's like, holy shit, he can do that. He did have a part in that. Was it SP Chronicles two or three? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he had a Thrasher part where he nolly back healed Wallenberg. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, the Shane goes part that was crazy. And I saw it. he probably had like a couple of Thrasher parts and like a part in like one of those SP Chronicles videos. Yeah, I feel like those some of the big brand ones, or maybe it, it's hard to nail down. But yeah, both those dudes had parts in one, in one of those Nike Chronicles videos, and obviously we're all having a hard time pinpointing, nailing it down for whatever reason. So maybe, maybe it's just the fact that those dudes put out so much stuff that like you can't narrow it down. Yeah, I think that's the case, and also they're so good, you're just not surprised. It's just like yeah, you know, uh, fucking. Frontside crooked grind, 360 flip out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Whereas if Austin Gillette did that, you'd be like, whoa, I, I didn't know he had it like that. Yeah, it's hard to keep uh, like one-upping yourself, I guess, when you're Shane O'Neill or whatever, any or any type of artist or whatever. No, but I think that's the problem is, yeah. is Shane O'Neill keeps one-upping himself. <laughs> so you can't, it, it's like you don't go back to any part. You just keep looking forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, true, true. I, I do wonder what we'd think if these guys put out Shane O'Neill and Ishad, like if they did the the kind of like cons, not conceptual. That's not exactly the right word, but like, well, I guess it is because it's a bit, you know, a video part with a concept and, you know, like a really hard hitting or well thought out song, you know, something that was like really produced outside of the churn of content, outside of the churn of churn of clips. I think that could change the calculus on it. Totally. Like, imagine if ishad had a part in cherry or blessed you know that part would probably be on this list i think that those guys just aren't um they're not working with the right people maybe there's an argument to be made yeah or maybe they're just not as thoughtful as uh or like as creative in the way that these other guys are well and you could argue they don't need to be i mean i'd argue that everybody needs to be creative like you know the the point of a pro skater is to like stand out and you know, these guys didn't make on, make it on the list even. I don't know. I mean, no, I love Ashad. <laughs> Shane O'Neill is insane. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Shane O'Neill is he's just a simple guy that his whole thing, he, there's no affect, no artistic affect or anything. He just does the most tech-led shit possible. Like, that's his whole thing. And it's sick. So, I don't know, maybe if he had hooked up with the right, you know, Mike Ternaski type of uh, person who had a concept to work with and like a brand identity. That part, that part he had for April was sick as well, though. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe my Shane O'Neill conclusion, at least, is that there's just so much that you can't nail it down. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's an issue of overexposure with both Shane O'Neill and Ashad. They're just constantly putting out good shit. And the, which... You can't hate them for that, but it just it doesn't um, doesn't make for something that stands out, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, even someone like a Gilbert, Gil, he'll just put shit like on his Instagram story that's as good as you know what I mean, or that could stand out, or that you would probably put in a part. That's just because like he's ripping all the time, and that's just what he does. Mm-hmm. 
His gospel part was really good. His fucking propeller part was really good. Oh, yeah. I probably, I probably oh. should have had some Gilbert on my list. Yeah, man. Shout out that guy. <laughs> yeah, a good decade, too, for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you. Them pants. I got to go get some of those pants because he has a store in town. Dang. If you can get them from the source, you kind of kind of got to get them pants. Man, I was tempted by those jeans, but then I was like, I don't need $300 jeans. And also, I don't know if I can pull these off. But he makes them look really fucking cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. One one thing that stood out to me trying to think of video parts, and it kind of hit me the other day just thinking about this, is that, like, I think all the, well, as we discussed last week, like, early on this decade, it was kind of tepid when it came to full-length videos. And I know that, like, a lot of the talk six, seven years ago that, you know, we, we were all waiting for the full-length video to die. And it was all going to be, like, standalone video parts. But, uh... Looking at our favorite videos of the decade, it seems like a lot of them were kind of like these montage-based videos that, yes, they had parts, but but there's like a lot more, maybe it's just a trend of the day or whatever, but a lot more montages, a lot more mixed parts, a lot more just randomness seemed to, seemed to be happening in the vid- videos that we really liked. And I think it's kind of reflected in our list, too. Like, they're not just your three and a half minute parts like i'm thinking of you know the supreme videos polar the gx 1000 stuff john wilson clips like it's all this hodgepodge and maybe uh yeah i I think it just surprised me that it wasn't as many straightforward parts that were standing out to me does that make sense to you guys yeah yeah for sure like uh like the whole bronze thing that whole thing of like just making the whole video a montage with no names and mm-hmm. if you don't know who the dude is, you're shit out of luck. Or I think most people put like list of dudes at the end in chronological in a chronological order. But yeah, for sure, I, I kind of like that vibe. You know, you know, once in a while, gotta break apart from the old like you know H Street. Here's the guy's name. Here's his part. Blah blah blah. So yeah, I like that shit. I like it, but it, I I would like the names because I don't I don't recognize some of the guys. It's probably just because I'm an old head. The kids probably get it. Yeah, the GX videos where like all the dudes have like baggy ass jeans black hoodie repeat like it's both the prototype for that style where like it's not even dudes it's more of a collective to make up that gx brand but at the same time yeah nobody knows who those guys actually are individually none of us olds at least yeah Yeah, when they had that gx article in thrasher i was like comparing photos of people with the video and i'm like okay this is the bald guy with the beard like that guy i can pick out and then like (laughs) <laughs> hey that guy like here's the photo of the trick with the guy's name and now i see it on the video so like i kind of get who that guy is now but i i couldn't watch it now and name any of those dudes yeah i think the names are comforting for uh us old heads or whatever because it adds like some structure you kind of know what's going on a little bit of comfort there yeah i wondered like for me i i'm always looking at videos like oh, i could make a gif of that and then i'm gonna have to like you know, identify the person and stuff. And if I can't identify the person, that's like a big annoyance. And I think we're all probably looking at things like because we do this podcast and because we're on Twitter, we're going to talk about this stuff. And it, it makes it hard to talk about it. Yeah, you can't identify like, the person. Like, who's that guy? Uh, or like, yeah, the guy with the black hoodie or whatever, or the guy with the baggy pants. Cool. Yeah, a little bit. So I wonder if people who don't have that much riding on it um, care as much about titling and videos. I'm thinking too, like back in the day, you know, the video was the only source of information about Skater X. So like it didn't make any sense not to put their name in there because you're not going to be able to figure it out. You know, you don't have it. 
have ways of figuring out their names on the little computer that you carry around in your pocket. You know, there's not, there's not a thousand different streams of information coming your way. So it, it might just be, you know, people who have a little bit more time to delve into it can triangulate, figure out who they are though. It also does nobody any favors when dudes don't put their names on their Instagram accounts. So here we are just complaining again. <laughs> well, we're not the only ones. You'll see Quarter Snacks tweet every once in a while, like, who's the guy who did this trick? You know, they're trying to put together their top 10 and they're trying to properly identify somebody. So they're having It'd be harsh to, like, miss your top 10 birth just because, like, your homie didn't put your name in the montage. That, that, that'd that be whack. Eh, usually, someone usually... uh comes forward yeah correct uh name there usually works out just thinking of worst case scenarios for like the good homies you know be a bummer yeah yeah i was just looking at uh the alternate best of the decade the different categories yeah i felt like best video part and best full length left a lot of other ground that could be covered you know like there were a lot of videos that i liked that weren't full lengths and weren't video parts you know the atlantic drift series first uh-huh. polar promo those things were awesome in this decade and i just want to shout those out yeah atlantic drift definitely exists in some in between zone but frankly that's been like some of the more interesting skateboarding being put out there in the past couple of years totally i was also reminded of a, a project i think it was a carhartt video where they skated in the swiss alps and they had all these crazy banks and uh, water handling features. I think one guy did like a 360 flip fakie on a uh, like cascade of water. That was like a fucking sick edit. And that's, you know, there's no place on, on the list for that. But definitely deserves a shout out. Like those, those things are some of the, the things that are my favorite of the past decade. Yeah, same. I mean, like in my little niche of uh, like Eurotech or whatever, there are certain brands that I'll like watch whatever clip that they put out like hell out hell they didn't really come out with a bunch of videos and shit but like every little clip they came out was fucking awesome that brand sports class from australia they came out with that enter the stalin promo or a little edit there that was super sick even like skate mafia when these had when used to have the uh, skate mafia monthlies mm-hmm. in a way they kind of they kind of early adopted that whole shit so yeah all those little montages from you know little Eurotech brands i fuck with been pretty sick i'm interested in the platform battle looks like templeton put it down instagram or thrasher yeah i mean those guys uh between the two they kind of ate everybody else's lunch yeah i feel like the edge goes to the instagram even though i think today i was i i got stuck on the explore page and was uh pretty happy when i finally got out of there but i can't think of anything else that's like i don't know this is like 17 years too late to be talking about like the internet democratizing content but i think instagram has done that to a t this decade yeah like especially like with your average kid or whatever they're probably just gonna look up you know like skateboarding on instagram like they might not even know what thrasher is like i seriously don't i seriously don't think that all the people who wear like thrasher hoodies and stuff know that it's a magazine it's a good point about instagram like yeah there 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 are young skaters or just skaters beginning who yeah, you don't need to know what XYZ outlets are, but you can find lots and lots of skateboarding out there. Uh, and I yes. think, it's, yeah, there is some cluelessness, cluelessness about a print magazine, too. Totally. I ran into these kids uh, skating near my work, and it was, uh, I think it was maybe the day after Verso came out, and I was like, oh, did you guys watch that Suchu part? And they were like, basically like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, Mark Suchu. And they're like, 
I don't know who that is. And <laughs> I was just, you know, blown away by their uh, <clears throat> blissful ignorance of, you know, the things that we've been fretting over for months. Yeah, because it's like, it, it's kind of like whatever. Like, there's no, like, set knowledge base of brands and pros like there used to be or whatever. It's like, well, there are pros and there are people who do, like, weird tricks, like, at a skate park and have, like, 70,000 Instagram followers. You know what I mean? So it's kind of all, all over the place in that respect, which is cool. Some of those people on Instagram do cool shit. Like this one guy does like legit, I forget what his name is or whatever, but he does like legit Casper slides on stuff, like on a uh, manual pad and shit, you know, shit like that. Does he do grip on the tail? Full I, Rodney style I, or what? Oh, uh, I don't know. I didn't know Rodney did that. I feel like he had it in a couple of clips. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting that like an entire category of skateboarding, i.e. YouTube skaters, is just like invisible to me and probably many skaters of a certain generation. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. So the the best videos and best video part, um, probably the results that quarter snacks dudes are going to be looking at are pretty or not pretty, but are generally narrow for, for this day and age. Yeah, I would imagine there's not going to be many uh, Andy Schrock links. Popping up the uh, quarter snack survey. Yeah, I feel like it's worthwhile um, noting the best outfits of the decade. I'll toss, wow. I'll toss up the alley oop for for Jason because it looks like his italics on, on that one. I completely agree with Van Anglin. Yeah, I, I was trying to come up with uh, some of the best outfits. Probably, probably like yeah, Van Anglin when he had that like shearling like jean jacket, but it was really a jean jacket. It was like a jean coat or something. In propeller, that was a pretty good fit. Uh, Javier Sarmiento has some good ones, like a bit like a button-down, like Madra shirt with like some Supras, like that are some crazy colorway, like purple and green, some shit like that. Who else? Fucking. Um, I was just watching Palasonic earlier. Like Lucian Clark had some crazy, like almost like paramilitary style fits. Oh uh, yeah. Like he'd have like a like a full camo sweatsuit with like a vest. And, like, a camo, like, bucket hat, shit like that. And he always, lately, he's been rocking those, like, uh, Louis Vuitton, like, leather, almost, like, bulletproof vests. Or, like, the vest with all the zippers and shit. So, I don't know. can't think of other people like good fits. Like, there's, like, John Shanahan. Like, that's kind of his whole thing. Like, he makes his own pants and shit. Whoa. So, who else has I'm, good fits? I'm, think. I'm giving a shout-out to Nora and, like, pastels and collared shirts. I dig her gear. It's good. She's 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 got her own niche going. Totally. She just launched a unisex clothing line with Adidas, like just this week, I think. Oh yeah, she did that like lip slide over the hip. Her uh, was like a pullover with a collar. That thing was sick. Yeah, I, I keep thinking of Lucas Puig. I think that he kind of uh, he was on the cutting edge of the evolution of shorts in skateboarding. I think that the shorts hemlines really moved up in this oh, decade yeah. and i think that's worthwhile because it's actually i don't know you get you get below the knee with that hemline you might as well just be wearing pants so props I know, to mike I, I i've seen plenty <laughs> of mike munzenreiter clips uh where you're you're rocking some uh some swishy pants rolled up to the ankle or whatever like uh capri pants style oh, those were that was, uh, that was the style those, at the time those were gap capris like they didn't even go all the way to your ankle they were built to be cinched sick well, there you go. That you know that that defeats your whole uh, argument. I suppose so. Yeah, I'm 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 a hypocrite here. I, I I do think we should subtitle this episode of the mostly skateboarding podcast. Uh, quote built to be cinched. 
<laughs> totally. I remember an old foundation ad uh, with Mike Ruzik where they had a t-shirt that was made to be cinched. <laughs> but they're, they're making fun of an Element ad because Element had some pants that were meant to be cinched. And I just remember, I remember the foundation commercials <laughs> so well because I, I knew immediately that they were making fun of the Element commercial and I just thought it was so hilarious because the cinched shirt was so ridiculous. Peep that on the show notes for sure. Man, I used to like, when that was the thing or whatever, I used to take like carpenter jeans, like blind carpenter jeans and like roll and cinch them with like shoelaces so they didn't like come unraveled or whatever. For real? Like you would, uh, I, yeah, like, I think so. Like, like sew it into your cuff or something? No, I didn't sew them. I just used, I just like I rolled them up, whatever, real tight so they wouldn't fall down. So they would stay in like the capri design or whatever. And then I just like tie like a shoelace around like uh, my calf. Gotcha. Like tourniquet style. Yeah, like a tourniquet. <laughs> yeah, I think the modern vanguard of like the cinch, but he's like way up really neatly under the knee is wade d he's been running those for for recent primitive clips true yeah i, I feel like wade d it could definitely be in the fattest fits uh category wait jason <laughs> you said that didn't you i don't think i said him with the fits he had one of my favorite parts but uh yeah he does have some good fits like he'll wear like football jerseys but not like super baggy shit like that you know what i mean like looking clean he's got, yeah he definitely has some good fits decade all fits yeah. team First team. Yeah, I put him in the first team office. It's funny that I don't even get that sports reference. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's best of the best, basically. Uh, that, that makes sense. Well, speaking of best of the best, should I go for a transition? Yeah, man. Let's go from uh, best of the decade to best of the year. I guess I'll kind of do a little intro. It is getting into Sodi season, and we got our Mark Sushu verso part. That seemed like an uh, open-and-shut case, at least for like three days there. And all of a sudden, we got that Thrasher cover of Milton Martinez kick-flipping into the car wash. Uh, seems like Sodi is wide open right now. Um, who else is on the radar, Jason? It's heating up. It's getting colder outside, but Sodi season is heating up, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I, it's my... Well, first of all, okay, what are the criteria that they look for for Sodi? I think it's like covers... Interview in the mag, video part on the mag website, and there's a certain, like, I don't know if it's still present with uh, Phelps Passaway and stuff, but, like, a certain, like, hell ride, like, je ne sais quoi, you know what I mean? A certain vibe, a certain energy that Phelps kind of was looking for. So, yeah, man, doesn't that guy Milton have a cons part coming out soon, this quarter? Yeah, I believe there's a a part that's been uh, talked about a lot amongst people who know things that's going to be insane and you know given uh milton martinez past performance i've got no doubt that it's going to be insane and going to be a sodi contender kind of experience it kind of seems to me that there's kind of like two sodi options right now you know there's milton who's the clear uh phelps choice and then mark suchu would be kind of like uh ushering in a new era of sodi if he were to win. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, who gets it or, you know, maybe a dark horse late entry will, will make an appearance. Maybe Louis Lopez, you know, he seemed like he was uh, poised to get it a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. So. That guy, man, that kid, like in his footage in um, that fucking awesome web clip or whatever, whatever it was called their Euro tour. 
it seems like seems like he fucking leveled up. Like his shit got more powerful. You know what I mean? A little bit. He didn't have no zero like little kid style. Shit got more powerful, a little more stylized. So yeah, that kid. He's yeah. He's almost yeah. He is in the elite. I'd say I put him like in the elite bunch of dudes. Totally. Yeah, he's an Olympian or uh, right. would be Olympian. Could be Olympian. There you go. So yeah, if he comes out with some shit, then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I still think, like, Bobby Warrest should be in the conversation a little bit because he had, like, four parts this year. And again. Again, just, yeah. Just keeps doing that. Yeah, and, like, he kind of got robbed in 2014 a little bit. I can't even remember who actually won. Was that West with the West Kramer year? I don't remember. I can't keep yeah, all Walker, straight. maybe? Yeah, maybe. Something like that. But, yeah, I feel like he kind of got robbed maybe a little bit. Plus... He has like the deluxe connections. It was Wes Kramer in fourteen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, thanks for the fact check. Sure. But um, yeah, he's been like the best for so long and shit. It seems weird that he wouldn't get one, given that well, he's goes, honest, But who knows? Not to get all syntactical, syntactical, but you know, skater of the year. It does seem a little strange. And I suppose all the the covers and the interviews precede like the big video part at the end of the year. But I do think in terms of like. And maybe I'm going too far back. Like Chris Sen was skater of the year, and that was based on like winning a grip a contest. And like Brian Anderson, same kind of deal. Like there's a video part, like basically ripped all year. Like they ripped all year. Yeah, yeah. It, just like who ripped the most or whatever. It was pretty, uh, yeah, it was a little bit more cumulative. And obviously it makes sense if, if Thrasher wants to, you know, take the branding to its logical end. Where, you know, what have you done for me lately? But uh, it, it does seem a little silly. Just like, ah, big-ass video part at the end of the year. This is what I'm trying to do. But, like, didn't that strategy backfire for some people, I think? Like, I think Tori Pudwell came out with a big part at the end of the year. Didn't work. Nigel definitely did that. Didn't work. So I still think there's kind of, like, an overall vibe of, like, all right, this guy ripped ass, like, all year. So let's give him a scare of the year. Even if whether, regardless of whether he comes out with like a you know fourth quarter video part or some shit. I mean, really, if you come out with a video part at the end of the year, that does mean that you've been ripping all year. True. Yes, that that, that yes, that's how that works. That's right. <laughs> technically, so, yeah. <clears throat> technically, yeah. But um, it doesn't feel like a, a year's worth of coverage, and especially when you got dudes like Ishad, where there will be a year's worth of coverage. It's I don't know. I'm. I'm uh, now I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate for the own my own point that I was making it earlier. But do we think we'll see uh, any contenders emerge out of Baker Four, which seems to be impending? Cater maybe. Oh, I like that. A Cater Sodi would be sick. I mean, if it, if there was a Baker Four and a Supreme thing to drop, you know, in the next three months, it could be Cater. But like I've said in previous podcasts, I think it's early for him. I think that Cater will be a Sodi at some point, but I think that uh, Thrasher probably would like to see him uh, mature a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he's only just started to figure out his powers and shit. You know what I mean? So most skaters peak when they're like 23-ish. But yeah, he definitely has that like, you know, Guy Mariano like X factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that kid rips, man. Definitely look forward to Baker 4, whatever the fuck he puts out. What about uh, Rowan Zarilla? He's got Sodi level talent and a nonchalant attitude. Uh, I think he's could be a contender. Yeah, I mean, damn, like, uh, 
had the part in the Supreme video. If he comes out with some shit, maybe. I still think, though, like, the formula is, like, covers, interview, video part. You know what I mean? Pretty much every year, that's what they've done. I think even Wes Kramer had a cover and an interview that year. So, plus he came out with, like, four video parts in, I guess, 2014. So, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, Thrasher doesn't maintain their uh, covers archive. They only have two up for this year. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can't um, easily parse who it might be. I could look through my physical library, keep all the Thrashers in little magazine holders in chronological order. <laughs> like Damn, the, look at you. Fucking like that level of organization. Yeah, I guess. I don't think there's been a cater cover cater cover no and he, r- ruling dudes out <laughs> he was on the am scramble in february on uh in the february issue so that'd be pretty crazy to have somebody who is an am at the beginning of the year get sody at the end no i was just throwing it out there chico brennan has a video part premiering tonight <laughs> i think he's trying to go for the 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 first near wait no and anglin wasn't 40 when he got sody did he no he must have been uh close he was up there. And he was like either close or like 40, just playing 40, I think. Yeah, I think his didn't his skater of the year coincide with that propeller video? Yeah, it yeah, did, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a pretty good argument for that video part being up there. Totally. Even though I, I feel like Van England's Sodi felt a little bit like a Lifetime Achievement Award, too. You know, his, his ender part in propeller was awesome, of course. But it also it also felt like a lifetime achievement award. One thing that Thrasher is maintaining is it's like skater of the year contenders. So for 2015, you know, there's a Kevin Bradley, there's Gilbert Crockett. Oh, that like poll they do or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's Jaws for 2015. Nigel, Chris Jocelyn, Corey Kennedy. Yeah, I like, I don't know why they do that poll. Like, maybe it's just for engagement numbers or whatever. But I think everyone knows that, like, it's uh, pretty inconsequential. Yeah, you your vote doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might, I, it might just be hashtag content. That's so, my it, thing. It's, it's worth noting, Rowan Zarilla, 2015 Sodi finalist. So wow. it's not like he hasn't, uh, it's not like he hasn't uh, caught in the judge's attention before. Right. Cotton. So if we if we were gonna approach maybe putting together our own contenders slash finalist list, I think it seems pretty apparent that like Milton Martinez is on there, Sushu, Cater, Dark Horse. I think that's the consensus so far. I think you know we're we're just getting into Sodi season right now, so I think that we'll have to wait and see who who comes in. I gotta I gotta wonder what big shoe brand is gonna make a push. I guess Converse probably is making yeah, a push I'm with. Seeing- Milton and maybe Adidas is going to make a push with Suchu. Yeah, more out there. Well, whatever happens, there's going to be lots of content. And we'll, we'll be talk here about to, that content. <laughs> dissect that content. To check out and dissect and use to create more content. Exactly. We'll farm that content. <laughs> yes, we will. Just another day down at the old content farm. It ain't much, but it's an honest living. <laughs> it sure is. And before we head out into the fields again to harvest more content let's talk about what we're stoked on this week mike what are you stoked on i am stoked on getting out and pushing around with my little three-year-old daughter she has and i know uh i've already caught shit for telling some of the homies about this but she has a purple three-wheeled scooter and she's actually kind of figured out how to rip on it and 
the past couple of days, I actually, uh, in, I've been in, enjoying my unemployment by taking her out to push her around. I grab the cruiser. She takes her scooter. She's stoked on going fast, running into things, and doing like one-footed peacock rides where she kind of like puts her puts her leg up on her other leg. And yeah, I'll push fast and chase her around and shoot photos of her. And it's about, it's up there with uh, the amount of fun I've had skateboarding this year. So it's, it's, it's been a good time. I think I thought about doing it like a year ago when the scooter first showed up, but it never really came together. She was never interested or good enough to really go out. But yeah, we got like an hour session yesterday. So uh, yeah, I'm stoked on uh, skating with my scootering child. Uh, yeah. Jason, what are you stoked on? So, oh, wait, before I talk about what I'm stoked on, Mike. So you're going for the 2032 Olympics. Is that your strategy or? Yeah, let me do the math quick. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's going to be, that's the sweet spot. Whether or not scootering, three-wheeled scootering or, you know, whatever she chooses to do is, a, is an option. We'll see. But that seems about the landing time. Sick. All right. Anyway, what am I stoked on this week? As usual, the Venture Truck Company from San Francisco, California. Other stuff. Well, you know what? I don't think Josh Kalis like gets as much credit as he should in the general world for being like a top athlete for almost 30 years. Like he's like 42 or whatever. And I guess he, he's still like ripping, like doing switch flip backside tails on, you know what I mean? Like knee high ledges, which is crazy. So this week or recently, a couple of sick collabs from his, I guess his Kalis one, like his first DC shoe, not the runner one, like the original one came out. And there was like a sick, sick video of him and Philly from Humidity or Slash Scumco, both of them, like skating in Chicago, which is super sick. And uh, the good homie Jimmy Garecki recently, just like today, I guess tweeted or Instagrammed about like his collab with DC and it's pretty sick if you're into the whole like swishy pants sweatpants it's gonna be sweatpants season sweatsuit season then uh it looks pretty sick so yeah stoked on that shit just like yeah that kayla's clip was super rad and it had me thinking that spot that they're skating like i could probably be happy skating nothing but that spot for the rest of my life oh that spot with the two uh benches or ledges or whatever yeah yeah somewhere in chicago i should know the name of that spot but yeah it's fun and there's a lot there's even more than what they were hitting up. There's, yeah, there's all sorts of shit there. Did they recently, like, free or denob the um, art museum benches there? I think the dude from Philly, uh, uh, Penny Bianco, I think he yep. denobbed the benches. Oh, sick. Yeah, there was some shit there in uh, Sabotage 5, I think. That spot always looked amazing. Like, incredible. Totally. Yeah, when it, like a sequence seared in my mind i think it's from trans world kalis does a 360 flip no slide fakey but like entire art institute or i'm um, probably naming it wrong but just like you know starts at the end of the bench all the way across yep remember that it's like an ill black and white probably a mike blabeck thing excellent but yeah i wanted to i wanted to add to the venture trucks praise i uh was pretending like i was gonna look at the slap board today and they had the tagline on the Venture banner ad, the only trucks that matter. And I just like the boldness of all truck advertising. I, I think it's amazing that trucks are like the flashpoint of a setup. So shout out. I'm stoked on Venture trucks as well, even though I ride Thunders now. Thunders are good too. But yeah, it's funny that trucks like, that's your whole energy. Like, well, there's like a Thunder type of vibe. There's a Venture vibe and there's an indie vibe. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Like random dudes on the internet really love Ace trucks too. 
So yeah, uh, it's a weird one. <laughs> evidently, they turn. Who knows? Uh, Templeton, what you stoked on? Uh, this is a little late stoked on. I should have had this as my stoked on last week, but I'm stoked on Pat Burke going pro. Yeah, He's man. kind of kind of a local kid for where I used to live in Virginia. So I remember seeing him as like a little kid who was really good. And then uh, it's been cool to see him grow up and see him, you know, recover and go pro super rad super stoked for him like he's not somebody that i know super well but um it's just rad to see see somebody that i kind of know go pro and uh, it's been a long time coming so shouts to pat burke congratulations thanks for getting me stoked who's he going pro for slave oh that's what i thought but i wasn't sure yeah what that orbit was happening still so rad and to go along with me being stoked on pat burke going pro i also saw a clip of pat burke uh, Nolly backside flip the like 10 stair at the Canadian embassy and the landing is so insane. So awesome. Uh, it's oh, like, yeah. I saw that too. Like what was going on there? Like, it looked like he kind of did a backside Nolly flip and then late front foot flip or something. I don't know. It was hard to tell because it was filmed from kind of far away. No, I think it was just a Nolly backside flip, but he lands like this set of stairs lands on a hill and he just kind of over rotates, but somehow it works. And it's, you know, it's the signature Pat Burke sloppy, but yeah, awesome yeah. at the same time. It's just so awesome. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. So stoked on Pat Burke this week. That uh, wraps up our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Do you guys look at the links? Please tell me because it's a lot of work. Uh, you, can always keep, you can always <laughs> keep up with uh, with us online. Uh, Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter, shout out Skate Twitter at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram at Frozen and Carbonite. And writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Mike, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me both on Twitter and on Instagram where you can find a clip of me and the kid from the session the other day at M Munson Rider. Nice. Where are you, Templeton? I am on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.